Hello and welcome to The Outer Frame. I'm your host, Jason Sellers, and on today's episode we will be discussing the Mayhem biopic, Lords of Chaos, as well as our favorite music biopics. But first, let me introduce the person most likely to wear my skull as a necklace, Donnie Nelson. Uh, yeah, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, as long as it is willingly uh, donated to me before your untimely death. I mean... Uh, so, never mind. Just keep wait, going. Wait, 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 what? what? <laughs> you want me to donate my skull to you before I die? Well, yeah, that's what a or donor. Do, that's what an or, organ donor does. Oh, okay. Like, like you want me to to will it to you? I want you to write out, type up a contract that says that you are going to give me a part of your skull that I will wear as a necklace. There is a small problem with that because I have written specifically in my will that when I die. I would like a Viking burial, which means Caitlin's going to put me in a boat and then shoot the boat with a bow and arrow that's on fire. <laughs> and, uh, well, it's floating into the ocean. But I would like you to dive into the ocean and dig out my skull after all of that has happened. Okay. All right. I will I will do so. <laughs> all right. Awesome. And on that note, <laughs> this is going to be a weird show again. No. No. <laughs> Oh, because I saw some weird movies this week, too. Oh, that's good to know. Um, yeah, I've been really getting outside my comfort zone. But I'm excited to hear what you saw. So uh, what is the worst thing that you have seen recently, my friend? Uh, so the worst thing that I've seen recently is um, it's not bad. It's just something that doesn't, like enthrall me as much as it it probably should um because since we are talking about lords of chaos um i have been watching the chilling adventures of sabrina it's hard for me not to say the teenage witch after that um and it's part two of the first season which i think is a bad way to to chop up seasons on netflix but they can do whatever they want and i've watched the first two episodes of this second part and uh, it's pretty good. It's just something that's not, like like I said, enthralling. So that's why it's the worst thing I watched this week. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, and obviously I would start at... Um, episode- and you were, you were a huge fan of, like, the first chunk, right? Uh, not huge because I didn't binge it uh, the way that you would if you were, like, obsessed with something. You're just, like, doing it in, like, a day. But um, I did, like... I have a hard time finishing stuff in the first place. So I did mm-hmm. actually finish the first part and uh I was I was pretty satisfied. Um I'm a pretty big uh Spring of the Teenage Witch fan. Um and like uh the main the main actress who was uh who was most known for being on Mad Men uh before this, like she's still pretty likable. She she plays it uh, like most acting on there is like mildly grown up like Nickelodeon live action where they play it so broadly but like they tone it down just a little bit like it's it's pretty campy for what it is and I think if you're not already like predisposed to like that kind of like entertainment you might not like it because it might be mm-hmm. a little bit too goofy for you but um, yeah. but I mean, it's 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 fitting the same tone as the first part, and I think anybody who 
I would just watch like the first uh, episode or two of the first part of the season and just see if you like it if you hadn't started watching yet. Otherwise, it's more of the same. And it, like it's it's no it's not really any better or any worse. So okay, but that's that's the worst thing I watched this week. What about you? I watched a movie that you are either a huge fan of or that you were really excited to see, and I don't remember which it was. Um, and that film is Jared Hess's Masterminds. Oh, you know I watched that, right? <laughs> I I. Didn't know if you watched it like recently, but the omnipresent Jace was accompanying me, accompanying me to, um, uh, uh, masterminds, and it was uh, it was an experience. I'll say that much for sure. Yeah. So I don't know what you thought of it, um, but I. Okay, I'm not get. I'm not. I am not going to. I feel like normally I would crap all over a movie like this. I will go on record saying I am not a huge fan of Jared Hess. I think Nacho Libre is like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I am not crazy about Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, I was in high school when it came out, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's so funny, teenage food," mm-hmm. and. Uh, I've cooled on it in recent years. Well, not recent. I've, I cooled on it pretty recently after it came out. Um, and so I think, I I think was, you're forgetting a very specific because I think he's done one other film besides the one I'm about to mention. Yes, he did. He uh, did Gentleman he Broncos, did, which has yep, which I've never Jemaine seen. Clement in it, which is yep. uh, and Sam Rockwell as a very like in a very pivotal role that I will not spoil because I honestly think Gentleman Broncos is probably his best film so i think you should probably watch it um okay. but uh go on with masterminds well if i if i come across it i will definitely check it out because i was thoroughly surprised by masterminds i am not going to say that i loved it because i didn't but there were definitely parts that i found enjoyable i mean the whole cast was fun to watch um seeing jason sudeikis play a Hitman who's just munching on uh, fried chicken skin um, is pretty hilarious. <laughs> All the memories are flooding um, back to me now, Jason. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, the whole cast is quite charming. The, the plot, and, and I didn't realize it was based on a true story until the end of the movie. Um, but the, the plot is, is funny. Um, it's, like, it's like a shittier version of Logan Lucky. And... I know that 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 masterminds probably I think it probably came out first but yes it did. Um yeah, so I know that it was there first but whatever. It's it's fine. It, it was enjoyable. I I don't regret watching it. Um there are there are a lot of jokes in the movie that are really stupid and really hard for me to laugh mm-hmm. at uh in a non-ironic way, but <laughs> yeah, no, it was I did not hate watching it. So I I actually found myself enjoying parts of it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, it's one of those yeah. things that I think if you're not into like uh, Jared Hess's like tone of humor, yeah, uh, that's true. It's definitely and like I, it's been a million years since I watched uh, Nacho Libre, but uh, this is much more toned down. Like not by much, but much more toned down than a Nacho Libre. Um, but it's like if you don't like if you don't like like vibe with it if you don't like get into the groove or get used to it by like i don't know like 15 minutes in or half an hour in like you're gonna have a bad time 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of, of the other films of his that I've seen, but I actually enjoyed this. So I, uh, I appreciated it for what it was. So that being said, what is the best thing that you have seen recently? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's never a good sign. Uh, well, I was trying to think because um, I did want to talk about, I, I might talk about a certain film that just had 10th, 10th year anniversary which is um crank high voltage but unfortunately i did not get a chance to watch it this past week so i will i will return to you next week about my uh my thoughts uh on watching crank high voltage after 10 years We can have another film to track you on. Okay. All right. Oh source code and crank high voltage. Well this one will be this one will be a lot sooner because um, I know what I'm getting for Crank High Voltage, and that's something that if I watch, if, Jason, if I watch Source Code, <laughs> um, that'll be something that like I want to like pay attention to. Everything's dropped. I'm just focusing on the movie. But Crank High Voltage, I've seen it over like yeah. a couple dozen times. So like I, I can watch it in the background while I'm doing something else. It's not as much of a time commitment. However, that makes sense. Uh, if I wanted to talk about uh, what I was, um, what the best thing I watched this week was, it's uh, Spider-Man Into the Universe because I rewatched it, and that it's just too good, Jason. Like I can't, I can't. Um, I think it, it it looked good before it came out, and I did see it in theaters, but like everybody else, I don't think anyone was expecting it to be just as good as it was. And like it's still, it's still great. I think it's gonna go down as um, probably one of the best superhero films of all time because like anyone can enjoy it. It's it's like nothing too dark. Um, it still mm-hmm. has the same themes as Spider-Man. Like it has all the trappings. Um, it's it's self-aware. It's just really good and or like really. Um, visually appealing it's very stylistic like it's it's hard to find something else that really matches like the care that went into the making of that film and like i could watch that a million more times because it's it's just too good so if there is anybody who's listening right now has not watched that movie you're you're missing out on the best spider-man film mm-hmm. no it's it's solid. I mean, Spider-Man Two is probably still my favorite, but uh, I mean, yeah, because yeah. we were we were right in the in the hype zone for that. Like, we were at the perfect age to watch that mm-hmm. movie right as it was coming out, and it was like all the hotness. Everybody loved it. It was critically acclaimed. It was huge at the box office. Like, it was. And there, there is nothing better than being able to go back and rewatch a movie that you loved when you were younger, and like it continues to not just age well, but like to get better on repeated viewings. And that's the way that I feel about Spider Man too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, uh, Into the Spider Verse is, is great. Yeah, which a um, uh, uh, little bit of follow up from what we uh, the episode from last week where we talked about the worst uh, superhero films. Like they're very at the first five minutes, like Peter Parker is saying, like, uh, like he's doing specifically the same dance that he did in Spider-Man Three, and he's just like, yeah, we don't really talk about that. <laughs> like, if it gives you any uh, kind of indication as to just like 
how aware it is and how it's Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Spider Pool. Yeah, and then uh, anybody who like maybe walked out of the theater and like did see it and walked out of the theater uh, and didn't see the after credit sequence, uh, they should like at least look it up because it's one of the funniest things I've seen. Oh yeah, that's pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. And and also it makes me very excited for them to do a second one. <laughs> Same, and they've also got a ton of spinoffs that they're trying to launch. Which whatever. All right. So the best thing that I saw recently, I decided to do a little bit of a theme. I was gonna watch uh, hillbilly movies both week. Or not both weeks, both uh, for both flicks I watched this week, and I saw for the first time uh, the Burt Reynolds classic Deliverance. Okay. Uh, which I don't know if you have seen, but it's a movie that was on Netflix, and I saw it, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I feel like I should have seen that at this point in my life. So I watched it, and it was not the movie that I was expecting because all I hear about that movie is that there's rednecks in it, and they try to kill Burt Reynolds, and Burt Reynolds kills them back. Which is a horrible description of the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that makes it sound like an action movie, which I was very much expecting, and mm. very much not what I got. Which I'm okay with, because I really liked it. I thought that, you know, it's a it's a, hor- it's a very non-traditional horror movie. And a lot of the stuff that they try to do, or the, a lot of stuff they do with the film works. And uh, the cinematography and the visuals of the... The river and the trees and the questioning, it all creates a very haunting story, and I very thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm glad that I finally got around to watching it. And I'm also glad that it wasn't uh, Burt Reynolds running around shooting hillbillies with a uh, crossbow that want to rape him. But at the same time, kind of bummed I didn't get to see that, but whatever. Mm. <laughs> well, that's the only thing people really know from that film. Is the squeal part? Yep. Ding 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 ding. Oh, we're gonna get copyright uh, strike for that, aren't we? No. <laughs> Another one. Woo! <laughs> anyway, um, all right. Let's get into first impressions of Lords of Chaos. <laughs> I think I'm gonna say it like that every time I say the name. Lords of Chaos. Lords of Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, what did you think of it? Um, it's uh, it's pretty fresh in my mind. I just watched it uh, not a few hours before we started recording, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm just depressed now, Jason. I'm not <laughs> saying that there isn't good uh, qualities to it. It's definitely a downer of a film. So if you're going in trying to like get yourself in like a better mood, don't watch it. It's uh, <laughs> a good point. Uh, and but for the most part, I want to say that it uh, it starts out really strong. I would say the first half is a lot more effective than the second half because you kind of see how it's going. I'm I wasn't really like aware of the events that this is mostly based on, um, and for a film that's like uh, super metal and stuff like that, I think they get a little bit grotesque about some of the scenes in the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, it's weird for me to say that. I just think it's it's just a little bit... um, It's overdone. It's a little bit too, yeah, grotesque. 
I think they could have okay. maybe been that, like reeled it back a little bit with uh, especially like the themes and like what the characters like motivations are. I don't think that should have been the focus of the film when it like when those scenes do come up, especially a scene at the end that goes on for a little bit too long that I didn't appreciate. Um, but for the most part, if you're if you kind of want to go outside the lines of like something that makes you feel good and you kind of want to watch something a little bit dirtier and something a little bit manic, um, I would say this is uh, this is a good. Uh, one to i wouldn't say that you should because we i rented it for about five bucks on vod that's how we watched it and uh i I don't think it was worth that i would wait until it's on a streaming service but if you're if you're feeling in a in a uh, particularly like nihilistic mood or if you think you might be like a metalhead and you might want to go down that path you can watch this movie and you'll just get like talked you just the movie will talk you out of being a metalhead (laughs) <laughs> a, a dark uh like a satanic uh norwegian true norwegian black metal head um so uh like i said it's i think they were going for a specific thing and i think the director just made uh just some mistakes along the way that made it drag on i, di- I don't think it had to be two hours um and mm-hmm. i think it it would have really helped if it was trimmed down to about an hour and a half or yeah, just an hour and a half. Um, but ultimately, I would say uh, I would I would watch it for some of the performances. I think Rory Culkin is very good in it, um, yes. and and the supporting crew. Uh, a lot of uh, not memorable people, but um, like uh, Jack Kilmer, who is Val Kilmer's son, uh, is in the yep. movie, and uh, he's pretty good. Uh, and we'll get yeah, into spoilers it's... a little bit about that. It is funny that he's one of like the top build. He's second or third build, and he's not in the movie a whole lot, which isn't bad. But it, I just thought it was strange. Um, all right, so I this is gonna be fun because this is the opposite of what we had last week. Because you enjoyed Hellboy. And I did not, and you did not enjoy Lords of Chaos, and Lords of I, Chaos. <laughs> I did um, a lot, actually. I was surprised how much I liked this movie, and I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm just gonna go out there and say that neither of us are hugely knowledgeable on the world of black metal, and I know only a little bit about the band Mayhem. And so neither of us are are claiming to be experts and we're not reviewing the movie based on how closely it follows the, the black circle and everything that was happening in the, Mm -hmm. in the nineties with Norwegian black metal. Yeah. I would say we're taking this as the movie as presented as it is, as it is. Yep. Um, so that being said, I really liked it. I thought that, it was fun. I liked that there was a lot of comedy in it, which I thought was surprising. And I thought that it was it I thought the comedy worked because it felt like it was telling a story of one of the most inspirational black metal bands while also maintain like being a parody of the genre. And um, we can get into that a little bit more in spoilers, but I really liked it. I thought that it was entertaining. I thought they did a lot of 
a lot of strange things that you don't normally see in biopics. And um, yes, there is a lot of horribly graphic imagery in it, um, but I didn't mind it. I thought that it worked well with the movie. And in the terms of, you know, uh, it, it gave me the same feeling. And I know I talked about this a little bit on the best of the year show, but that feeling from when I watched Revenge where it's like, you want to, do you want to see a fucking Revenge movie? Because we're going to give it to you. And they do. And when you watch this, there are scenes in it where it's like, oh, you think you're fucking metal? Well, check this shit out. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to see that. <laughs> um and so I don't know. I I really liked it. I thought I thought a lot of that stuff worked. So that are, is our first impressions. Now we are going to jump into spoilers. If you haven't seen Lords of Chaos, Lords of Chaos, and <laughs> you would like to, um, or you uh, just don't want to hear us talk about it anymore, please feel free to skip ahead to whenever the next segment starts, which mm-hmm. is not time stamped currently. Ha-ha. So <laughs> jokes on you if you have seen the movie and you want to hear this jibber jabber about whatever or you just don't care feel free to continue listening so uh let's get into why don't we just dive into the story mm-hmm. um and so the most obvious uh, thing first off is that jack kilmer's character who is apparently uh, his character's name is dead i guess um yeah all the just to be just to i'll just say this straight up all of the characters have real actual names mm-hmm. and then when they're in the band mayhem they take on alternate personas um and i i think that it would be easier to call them by their personas than by their real names yeah like euronymous because i don't remember and... yeah euronymous dead and varg, uh, varg. Yep. hell blaster something like that <laughs> is the drummer yes anyway um so yeah well go go ahead though pick pick up what you were saying uh just uh and uh so jack kilmer's character dead um he is like this crazy boy from sweden that is not originally in the band when uh mm-hmm. euronymous starts it up and he just has you know he's the lead guitar they have a bassist they have a drummer and like they're not they're like doing some stuff but they're not like they have like he hasn't invented like true Norwegian uh, black metal yet. Black metal, and then which is a fr- real quick. I just want to say is a phrase that they utter a lot that, in this. That movie. did make me chuckle, just like how much he said that, and especially at the end when he like <laughs> yep. refrains it. Um, uh, and so his character, like his character, actually um, dies very early on because he like after the show where he like he's been acting strange. He's already like. Uh, had Euronymous like almost shoot him in the head with a shotgun he's like shoot me and he like he can't do it so he kind of sees like and he's just kind of crazy off the wall and suicidal Mm -hmm. like he cuts his arms uh on like in a show that they do in public which is and like and like sprays blood on the audience um and like he's a very infectious influence and I think that works in the favor of the movie because like it kind of sets off everything after he like uh if if you have any kind of squeamish tendencies towards or uh or you don't like um thinking or hearing or seeing suicide this is not the movie for you because he commits mm-hmm. suicide in probably one of the most graphic scenes i've seen <clears throat> um and, yeah it's it's pretty intense and that when i said that this is grotesque uh i believe that was 
that was earned. Like that was a that was a grotesque scene mm-hmm. that I that like uh, made a lot of sense to me. Um, it was like very disturbing, um, but it didn't go on forever like the last murder scene did, which I didn't yeah. I didn't like. Um, but like this craziness, this idea uh, is the thing that spurns on the rest of the film. And I think once he leaves the film, like his presence is felt like in dream sequences as well that Euronymous has like throughout the film. Um, and I just kind of wish that there was something a little bit more, I don't know, even if it was a dream sequence, something that was a little bit more in depth with his character or we had spent a little bit more time with him in the beginning. But mm-hmm. um, like the first half of this movie, I, I find really cool. Um, and, and I enjoy a lot. Uh, the second half, not so much. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you want to chime in, uh, about something? Yeah, sure. So I will go ahead and say that I wish they had spent more time because they really only develop, um, three characters and they are Euronymous, who's Roy Culkin's character, Dead, which is Jack Kilmer's character, and then Varg, which I forget who plays him. Um, uh, well, I can look it up real quick just to make sure that we're crediting. Right. But a lot of the other cast, and I know they spend a little time with the drummer, and they spend a little time with Euronymous's girlfriend, but they don't really, sp- like, they, they don't spend near as much time as they do developing um anyone else as they do those those three characters and i would have really i would have appreciated it if we'd gotten more of a view into into the other characters Mm -hmm. um especially the the drummer because um which i don't think you mentioned this but the drummer murders uh gay dude yes um and kind of starts breaking about it and then at the end of the movie goes to jail Mm -hmm. as he should Um, yeah, and that's what happened in real life. He murdered a gay dude, and then he uh, went to jail like a year after because they didn't know who did it. And then he, I don't know, confessed or something. But yeah, no, I, it was. I wish that they had spent more time developing the secondary characters. I was really bummed that the his like his little sister is in the trailer quite a bit. Euronymous's little sister, and I was bummed that she wasn't in the movie more. Yeah, that was, it was just like, I guess I just like, it was almost like a different, like, a different film was being made for like the first 30 yeah. minutes, and then it, and then, and then it, I'm sure it was intentional all along because they are kind of going by like a blueprint, as it were, so mm-hmm. it was just, it just made sense not to have yeah. Euronymous' little sister. Uh, yeah, and it's it's hard because, you know, it, it is a movie that deals with some rough issues. I mean, you know, there's the burning of churches. There's ki- or two. Uh, yeah, there's two murders in the movie. There are there's a suicide in the movie. Um, there's implications of cannibalism. Um, there's all sorts of like stuff in the flick that makes it hard to maintain its comedic tone. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if like how well they could have balanced it if they would have added his sister as a more or developed his sister as a more major character. Right. But I, I, I would have appreciated it. And I think it would have been fun to see them add in. Uh, there, there's also a lot of background characters that you see a lot. Um, one of the most notable ones is I don't even think he has a name, but he's a really fat guy with a beard. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, he's he's in the background a lot, and they like they never give him a name, and they never really develop anything about nope. him. So, but other than that, I really liked how they compacted everything, and I, I know that this whole plot takes place only about the over about the course of like four years, um, and I think they did a good job of trying to cover everything, and. Uh, also, to be fair, the the book the Lords of the Lords of Chaos, the Lords of Chaos. Is, is is based on like the it is about the whole black metal scene, not just mayhem. And I know that a lot of people have been up like I, I've read reactions from a lot of people that are either depicted in the movie or who were around at that time, and they've all said that this movie is complete and utter bullshit. And I think it's. I think the reason that they feel that way is probably because the movie's kind of making fun of them. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think it's doing it in a mean way. I feel like the the way they depict some of the stuff um and one of the one of the and we can kind of shift gears a little bit from plot into um kind of the tonal shifts um you know the the comedy one of the things they do that I really like is how um that they spread the rumor that Euron- so when Jack Kilmer's character commits suicide, um, Euronymous finds him, mm-hmm. um, and and this is true. He runs to the store, grabs a camera, takes a bunch of pictures, and then calls the cops. Um, but and and they're one of their albums. I don't remember which album it is, but one of their albums features that's the album cover is a picture of dead with his blunt with his brains blown out. Um, and so they start this rumor that, uh, Euronymous ate his brains and it's kind of funny how they deal with, because there are a lot of rumors about the band and about how they talked and about, especially about Euronymous, because there's a lot of people who say he was just a big poser. He was just doing it because he wanted to get famous. And there's a lot of people who say that he was doing it to... Cause he, you know, cause he actually believed in it and he was hardcore and he was metal and all of this shit. Mm -hmm. And I think they do a really good job of tiptoeing the line and showing both sides and making it like making both sides just as believable. If that makes sense. Well, to, to an extent, I think, uh, like what I got from the film and the portrayal of uh, you know Euronymous is that like from the beginning he sees opportunity and he's just like he's a PR guy like he, yeah. he doesn't um, like he it's not that he doesn't like create music and he opens his record store and like yep. he's he like facilitates uh, the continuing of the creation of true Norwegian black metal and uh which is funny because like i almost wanted like whenever they were in the record shop that's kind of the only movie i wanted to see was them just mm-hmm. like dicking around the record shop because the, you the just, funniest you moment you just want to see clerks but starring the band man or high fidelity you know <laughs> and and the the hilarious thing is that um like the the moment that made me laugh the most in the film was when like uh, the male guy like walks into the and he's like is this because I can't remember what is the name of the record store is it Lords of Chaos or uh, is it like s- no it's like Helton okay he just like I know it has the word hell in the title it's like Hel- Helvet or Hel- Helton or 
Right. So uh, I can look it up. Uh, so it's just uh, hilarious because the the male guy uh, he he hell well yep hell hell that's what they called it. Yeah, I want to say that there was like uh, it was like it's uh, like um, anyway like he comes in and he's just like is this uh, uh, is this like. Havelt, and he's just like Havelt, and he's just like it's Havelt. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> Rory Culkin is just like you see, you see, like he doesn't, like he doesn't really care. He's starting to get sick of the shtick even before like most of it starts, or like he puts yeah. on the makeup and he really is just like, and especially like later when he finally gets into a relationship with uh, Sky Fiera's, uh, uh character, um, who uh, takes photos and is around the scene. But isn't seen mm-hmm. a lot, and then um, later, um, she she becomes the romantic interest of uh, of Euronymous, and uh, he start like he like she comes over and he has the makeup on, and then as they're like making love, like uh, then like the, the the makeup starts like smearing and like she wipes it off, mm-hmm. and and then that's like I think a pretty good way. Um, I thought that was pretty smart to show that, like, oh, like, he puts up this front that he's actually, like, he has to be the person who is, like, the face of true Norwegian black metal. And uh, and then, like, he's just, like, like you said, a poser, but he's just, like, mm-hmm. really good at PR for the brand. Yeah, and, and another great way they do that is by somebody will say that they did something. And one of the best early examples is when Varg first burns down a church and he says, I burned down a church. And then Euronymous says, we burned down the church. And it it happens a few times in the movie. And it's funny because Varg seems to be the only one that notices it. Yeah. Um, And I I liked that because it, it helps you see the feud that grows or that, you know, starts to develop between them and where it originates. Um, and they even play it back further with the, uh, there, there's a scene earlier in the movie where Varg walks up to Euronymous to say, you know, like, Oh, I love your band. Like you guys were awesome. And Euronymous makes fun of him for having a, a scorpions patch on. Yeah. Which I think, <laughs> and, I think is, uh, I don't know, like if that's, I want to say, because I was thinking about that as the last uh, scene in the movie happens, I was just like, oh, okay, like, the reason why this character is killing this other character and the reason why this other character is just, like, talking, it's, you know, the the fable of the scorpion and the and the frog, like, it's in your nature to do this thing, yep. and I, like, I actually thought about that, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's really smart that, like, he points that out. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pretty sure that was intentional. Um, because otherwise it's just like him. Like he, Euronymous doesn't like give him any like give or anything like that of like friendship or anything like that. Because he's making fun of him because he's a poser, and all he does is just point to yeah. the patch on his on his denim vest and go scorpions, and then just walks away. <laughs> um. Oh, and I I do want to say real quick that one of my favorite moments in this movie is when Varg throws or no yeah when when they break up when Varg's like I'm out of the band and uh Varg offers him the the necklace they make necklaces out of Dead's skull that they all wear 
and Varg goes to offer his necklace back to Euronymous, and Euronymous says, just keep it, it's a chicken bone. <laughs> that was that was hands down one of my favorite moments of the whole movie. Um, because I feel like it, it does such a great job with two lines of dialogue of of telling you so much about each character and then also just the way that each of the character like each of the actors um their facial reactions um how they react in that scene is so great Mm -hmm. and oh that that movie is just i I really dug it yeah i did Um, i appreciated the the scene with the journalist too when he's like trying to like yep anonymously inform the journalist of <laughs> oh of that was a good one too yep you're right so that like like yeah when it when it's around the theme of making this like oh like these people who are like into death and murder and furthering the cause of true norwegian black metal like really just underneath it all they're just like these like really like fragile like fragile masculinity and like they they like have nothing to back it up other than the fact that they've just been wronged by society or they feel like they've been mm-hmm. wronged and they feel like they have to prove themselves in some way. And, like, at the end, you're just like, oh, this is pathetic. And then at the end of the film, when the one character who wants to not be pathetic about that anymore and he wants to move on with his life, then, like, it comes back to haunt him and then ultimately is kills him. Yeah, no, and that that scene kind of is a great summary of the whole movie or at least their relation bargain Euronymous is a relationship because Varg keeps saying or keeps acting like he wants to take credit without actually taking credit and then at the end when the when the reporters are walking out um, the first thing the interviewer says to the photographer is man that kid's a fucking idiot <laughs> Which I thought was another great line, because um, yeah, he because he keeps saying you know like yeah 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 no like yeah I'm under the impression that 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 we're both on the same side and everything and then it, they're not um, you know the reporters are just ex- trying to exploit Varg and his commitment to this this thing that Euronymous created and doesn't really believe in, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no I I enjoyed it I. I I also really liked. I thought they did a great job showing like the the general tone of like when they show um, that that barn or that farmhouse where they live. I thought they did a great job of showing them, you know, like decorated, having parties. I thought they did a great job with the atmosphere there. I thought they did a great job of the of the atmosphere of their shows. I thought they did a great job um, with the the atmosphere at the record shop. Um, all that kind of stuff, and then in the basement, the black circle, um, which the the basement of the record store is meant for only the true, the true Norwegian, believers. yeah, <laughs> the true believers in true Nor true Norwegian black metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but no, it, it, it's yeah, it's it's good. I would like to quickly throw out that for me my vip and we we kind of talked about this before and we haven't done this before we're going to throw out vips of the of the movie for us but we're not going to make them real people we're just going to make them more abstract concepts Mm -hmm. and i want to say that for me me, my vip for the movie was the 
I guess you would say the editing, but I, I, I think I would take it a step further and say that it really is the tonal shifts because in that scene, that notorious scene from the trailer um, where and that you've talked about where your uh, dead points the gun at his head and Euronymous is holding the, the trigger and dead's like, do it, pull the trigger, do it, pull the trigger. Um, before that, there's like, they're, they're jokingly, well, not jokingly because they are actually trying to kill a cat, but it's kind of a joke scene where they're trying to kill a cat. Euronymous is trying to cheer Dead up by by having him shoot at a cat. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, he walks into his room and he has a cat hanging by the neck. So like he, he, does. he so he just straight yeah he's just like he's just like hey you should get up and we should do something. He's like I don't want to and he's just like I see a, a cat outside and he's like oh okay okay no no he's just like <laughs> dead there and he's like come on get up yep. and he just his eyes are no. open and he looks like he's just dead. <laughs> And I and I thought that they did a fantastic job, and I think that that's the reason this movie works, is um, the filmmaker's ability to and the cast's ability to manage the tone, and do such a great job balancing and contrasting all of this dark stuff alongside all of the the comedy and kind of the more dramatic angles and then also at the same time making it into this ex- like exploration of, of true Norwegian black metal culture and also suicide and murder mm-hmm. which like I think yeah it, it rides a pretty fine line and if it didn't have any of those like little jabs of humor or it didn't feel like it was self aware this movie would have just been fell flat and would be garbage um, so I was yeah. really thankful for that. And I, I was about to say like those, those moments of levity were like, <laughs> like at some point the veil has to drop. And if like the veil doesn't drop and like, that's actually your face that you're really going to be that. And you're going to be about death and, uh, you know, murder, suicide and all that stuff, then you are kind of. Uh, meant to be made fun of and belittled because you're <laughs> you don't put any value in. Uh, I mean, like they make those jokes at the beginning when they're drinking beer, like, oh, all these other metal fans like talking about how they want to party and like they're celebrating life and be like, no, true black metal is about death, <laughs> like, and yep. uh, and like that thinking is the thing that makes Euronymous like take a photo of Dead's body after he you know commits suicide. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, like that, I think that was the main thing that, that made it that way. Um, like I said, I think editing, maybe not so much with the pacing. I think they could have trimmed out, uh, uh, quite a few things here and there to make it a little bit sleeker experience. But, um, I'm glad that those moments were creeping up here and there to kind of give you if you weren't like aware of it, then like those kind of gave you a little bit of hint about what kind of movie mm-hmm. this was. And and I do feel like the first hint that you get is that, um, <clears throat> or that Euronymous is not, or where maybe where it stops being a real thing for him it, at all is when Dead commits suicide because we're constantly shown that. He feels haunted by that. Mm-hmm. Well, at, at and, first, because it's a, 
it's a scene at the beginning where he first he's moving the knife and stuff like that and the and the shotgun so he gets the best image with the photo which yep. is fucked up i'm not gonna say but we all grieve in certain ways and then it's that scene later where there's flashback where you see him like crying over his dead friend's body so like he actually mm-hmm. does have a soul yeah no and and before that um the uh oh, um he's he's haunted by by dead's death and i think the reason why is because clearly there is something wrong with dead i mean mm-hmm. the dude h- held a gun barrel to his head and told his friend to pull the trigger and uh Euronymous does not do any or, or act on this at all other than trying to get him to cheer up <laughs> yeah and and also like the it's a it's a pretty quick thing that you could miss it like there's the scene where he takes off all of his clothes and he just walks into the forest buck ass naked and then also mm-hmm. during the party like he just like like everybody else is kind of like having fun like having sex drinking doing drugs whatever and then you just see dead in the background with like a circular like <laughs> circular saw oh. going around like yep. and people are like Get, no leave <laughs> <laughs> it's like no he was like legitimately mentally ill and like probably shouldn't have been yep. around people <laughs> yeah uh all right so i don't know if you have a vip that you would like to mention i think that was mainly um, it was mainly what you said about the humor and how like there are parts that like like uh you kind of need to vibe with it to there's little jabs here and there that give you hints if you're not quite sure what kind of movie this is, like, even, like, an hour in. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, for the most part, uh, I think my uh, VIP or MVP um, for this movie is uh, that specific, like, record shop. <laughs> because, like, there there is something, like, very, like, lived in and... Uh, I actually really appreciated like the set design of that record shop yeah. because uh, like, and it was also kind of like because uh, the bunk beds were like right behind the counter, and I thought it was funny that they were like living in the shop and they weren't hiding that like there's a bed in the shop right behind the counter mm-hmm. and they're like they had these like little TVs that they were on their bunk beds and they were watching like Evil Dead and like Dead Alive and stuff like that. Yep. And, yeah, no, they're like, they almost always have Dead Alive on, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Yeah, and it was, it was like a good, and like, like I said, that's like where the characters seem like, like, um, most human, and, uh, like, as the film goes on, you don't see as much as that record shop anymore, because, like, that mm-hmm. kind of same, uh, tone of, like, oh, we're just, like, friends who like this thing. We want to make this genre of music, and we want to propagate it. So Euronymous opens up the record shop, and then that's kind of where they live. And then specifically that moment where he's, like, he listens to uh, Varg's tape, and he's like, this is this is metal. Listen to this. And then he goes out to his car mm-hmm. where Varg is sleeping because they won't let him come into, yeah. the, <laughs> come into was, the shop. That was and then, a great moment, and, and he's just, like, he comes out, like, in, like, just his underwear because he's, like, not thinking about anything. Yep. He just goes out, and there's, like, a, a street performer there. And he just walks out, like, <laughs> no, pretty no, much spe- naked. Spe- and specifically, specifically, it is someone singing for the Salvation Army. Oh, yep. And then and also, like, in the middle of him talking to Varg, he's, like, he turns around and says, shut 
up. <laughs> um, but he's just like, he's like, here, man, this is this is metal, man. And he's like, but yeah. I'm broke, so go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm just like, that's pretty good. That's true. That is a great scene. Um, I, uh, now that I think about it, it might be my favorite scene. Just because, like, I was trying to look at kind of the lighter side of the movie. Because when you mm-hmm. every other scene, it, when it started getting darker, that's when, like, maybe I was just not in the right mood for this movie at the time. But, like, those are the scenes that I like the most is that you're seeing these characters as human. Like, you're seeing him. He's, like, he's just like, it's metal. He's like, I don't have any money, though, so I can't, like, put you on. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. well, my money's, my mom, my mom's. Uh, rich, she has money, and then that whole thing kicks off. Um, yep. But yeah, that it's it's very good. I think they both did. Uh, and the actor's name who plays uh, um, Varg is uh, Emery Cohen. Um, yes. Uh, so I just That's we it. just I just wanted to make sure that we said his name. But and he was he was great too. Like the whole cast is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like you're, I, yeah. as as much as I don't agree with like the pacing of the film and some of the content, which is whatever. I mean, they made the film that they wanted to make. Uh, mm-hmm. I it's 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 executed really well. All mm-hmm. the parts are there. All right, so I would definitely recommend that people check this movie out. I don't know that you have to see it in a theater, but I feel like this has like cult follow or cult following written all over it. And I really, really liked it, and I would highly recommend people check it out. I, the, I, it's very rare that I watch a movie, and as soon as it's over, I'm like, I want to watch it again. And I had that feeling uh, watching this. Yeah, like like I said, I'm a little bit more down on it than you are, but um, mm-hmm. like you could watch worse things for sure. Yeah, like Hellboy. Shut up. <laughs> I've actually I've actually gone right. uh, gotten a little bit more fond of that movie, but that's a discussion for another time. We'll wait until it's DVD right. release. <laughs> can do another show. All right, so I would like to shift gears from Lords of Chaos. Do you, do you have a recommendation? Are you, yes. Okay. I didn't I, I didn't know if into. you were shifting that way uh, or if you were shifting to our third Before segment. we get into that, before we get into okay. that, Donnie, uh, you have to say it too. I have to say what? Oh, Lords of Chaos. There we okay. go. <laughs> All right. So if you, well, I guess, do you have a recommendation that you want to start, kick us off with? Yeah, so my recommendation, because we got a Rory Culkin, we have a Culkin in this film, and he does very good, and he has a very piercing stare, and I appreciate that about him. Um, but I would like to... Uh, there's a film that is also kind of dark and is kind of based off uh, true events as well and stars another Culkin, Macaulay. Um, and that that movie is Party Monster. Um, yes. It's it's him and Seth Green and then various other people who are in it. But uh, mm-hmm. that's another one. If you want to see, like, like, a depressing... <laughs> If you want to see uh, a depressing, like, biopic uh, starring a Culkin, and that's, like, just your vibe, your vibe, bro, uh, go ahead and watch that because you're going to get about the same amount of, like, just depression and stuff from that film. Um, I will say uh, there... hmm, I don't want to spoil it. Most people probably won't watch it, so I'm just going to spoil this one scene. Uh, There, uh, Seth Green... He's like high 
on he's high on a drug i can't remember which one and he just gets this inspiration to write an entire book in one night and so he just like plops a bunch of like copy paper down and he just starts writing and like he goes through i don't even want to know how many pages but he has a huge stack and he goes through all of it and then like he like is he's like all right and he's like so proud he's written in this this entire book within like a 12 hour span and then he 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 flips it back over and then he looks at it and it's blank and he starts flipping through all the pages and then he realizes he looks at his pen and realizes he didn't click it so he write he wrote an entire book without actually putting it down on paper and and it's like one of the most depressing scenes it's like an existential nightmare for me um but like that's it's a good uh it's a good encapsulation of like how depressing that movie is and uh drugs are bad kid kids don't don't do them please (laughs) All right, so I have two that I will briefly touch on, and one of them was in my top five, I believe, for the last year. So I talked about it on the, at the Best of the Year show, and so they're both films that uh, juxtapose like lighthearted comedy with stuff that's a little bit darker. And the first one is American Animals, which is uh, not about black metal but it is about or murder but it's about uh four kids that distract or four college students that decide to rob their library of some valuable books and it is very creative and it's also very dark and also very funny and i really enjoyed it and that's actually one of the reasons i enjoyed this movie so much is because it reminded me a lot of american animals the other film that I would throw out there that is even closer to Lords of Chaos because it is about murder is and it's a it's a film that I'm going to say its name and a lot of people go because of who directed it. Uh, but I think it's super underrated and that is Pain and Gain, mm. which which I think is the best movie that Michael Bay has directed since like The Rock or Face. No, he didn't do Face. No, off, he didn't do Face. But um, he did like three really good action movies mm-hmm. and then and then in, and then everything else has just been garbage except for pain and gain which is phenomenal and i don't know if you've seen pain and gain no i I, I have heard you talk about it uh on more than one occasion and it's kind of infectious yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying i don't enjoy uh the occasional michael bay film but for the most part i try to stay away from him and i hadn't gotten around to that one yet that's understandable, but no, uh, Pain and Gain is is really fun. It's a, it's based on a true story about these idiots that work at a gym, and they find a guy who's really rich, and they kidnap him and torture him into signing over everything that he owns to them. <laughs> and then uh, there's some darker stuff in the movie, <clears throat> but mm-hmm. that's pretty much the the first chunk and it's really funny because it depicts these uh these idiots as kind of lighthearted uh uh goofs and then showing the awful things that they do right um and in, in terms of torturing this man and also uh, attempting to kill him and um it's also fun because i i'm not a huge fan of tony shalhoub 
and I think that this is the role he was born to pay. He's just or play. He is just a, a mean, angry, grumpy old man. Yeah, and he is great. So that is those are the two flicks I would recommend if if you enjoyed the the tone, kind of like we did, and that that was what hit home for you, or that just sounds like something that you'd enjoy. Then I highly recommend you check out these two movies. So. That being said, let's get into our favorite musical biopics. Donnie, I don't know if you want to start us off, if you want me to start us off. My favorite biopic, music music biopic, would happen to be Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. <laughs> All right. Which stars, not the Beatles, but... Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees as the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kid. Because, I mean, that didn't, that totally didn't happen. Or did it? <laughs> Definitely in an acid trip. Somebody is out there checking their phone right now. Absolutely. And it's not me because my phone is uh, away from my desk. Okay. That's probably good. I mean, we are <laughs> recording. I would want you to be engaged, Jason. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, I. I almost think. Wait, wait, r- r- real, real quick for the for the listener. Uh, I am notorious for playing video games or watching movies or reading books or anything. While Donnie is like pouring his heart out to me, and we're we're having <laughs> really personal conversations, and I will just be go. Uh, I will be half engaged and half uh, playing Hotline Miami or something. <laughs> I know how you work, Jason. Uh, there's there's one ear that's paying attention to uh, what I'm saying, and there's the other ear, and probably just both your eyes fixed on, oh, let's say Hotline Miami, um, and you know I don't mind, I don't mind it, um, but uh, uh, I I'm I I'm kind of hesitant to say because we kind of discussed this a little bit before the podcast because I think my favorite biopic is probably going to be your favorite biopic. Which All is right, going to be I'm not there because it is yes. such a it's such an like the thing with biopics and I haven't seen it yet but Bohemian Rhapsody like the clips I've seen of that movie look horrendous um, yes, and I think are. I think the problem with that is that, like they're trying to take reality and like put it into this like uh, candy coated shell of itself and try to like push it off as something that's supposed to be uh uh digestible by a mass audience and i that really i'm i'm gonna use my one f word this episode that really fucking sucks jason um and uh like anytime i've seen that like the editing the performances like it all looks garbage Mm -hmm. and then like you get something like i'm not there which is a biopic that like uh, um, which it's a biopic of uh, Bob Dylan, and yes. Bob Dylan is played by like, what is it like five different actors, five or six? He is played by Christian Bale, Richard Gere, Kate Blanchett, Marcus Carl Franken or Franklin, Heath Ledger, and Ben Winch Ben Wishaw Winshaw. Mm-hmm. Yep, you got yeah. it. Uh, and it goes to like there's some uh, instances where. Like they are kind of just recreating these these moments in the history of Bob Dylan, and then there's these other parts that are like taking it a little bit more abstract, where they're 
using Bob Dylan and like in different like namesakes too, um, with these different characters. Yep, they as, they like, all have different names as different and they, facets of Bob Dylan himself, or as they they also they also all exist uh, within the same universe. <laughs> so this is the Avengers of biopics, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is this is the the Bob Dylan Avengers. I mean, I'm still waiting on like I'm not there poster, which is just an edited Avengers poster that just has Bob <laughs> Dylan from various times in his life plastered oh. on all their faces. Oh my god, if we have a single dedicated fan out there, please do that. Someone in the collective Jace, please. <laughs> that would be make good. Make that a reality. Um cuz we're too lazy to do it. Um I I do I, I want to chip in yeah. real quick and just I agree with everything you're saying. I think that the reason that I'm not there works so well. And when I first heard about it and I was like, how are that many people? Like that just sounds like a stupid gimmick. And it's not because it works so well. And not only that, but I feel like what they're trying with Todd Haynes, who is the writer director, what he is trying to do. I mean, how do you analyze the life or the entire life of someone who's as iconic as Bob Dylan? I mean, it's impossible. And so instead, he's taken these six characters to represent different aspects of Bob Dylan's life. So, for example, um, Kate Blanchett represents uh, when he went electric. Um, Christian Bale represents his uh, Christian, uh, ironically, his Christian face when he uh, got really religious into Jesus. Um, and uh, Marcus Carl Frank- Franklin, I cannot say his name right, I don't know why, represents uh, when he was a younger, a younger kid and he ran away from home. And I mean, there's all this stuff um, that all these different angles that they, that they try to cover and they do it. They do such a great job um, by showing this one person's life by showing these other, all these other people's lives. And even in all these other people's lives, there's a lot of, of moments that are very odd. And the main one would probably be, uh, I think, think Kate Blanchett's character's name is Jude, although I could be wrong. And I think that a lot of them come out in Jude's. And like you said, there's a lot of like random references. Like a great one is when uh when he gets out or when she gets out of like a clown car and just like walks down a hill and then behind her are these four guys wearing black suits that like roll out behind her in this like puff of smoke. And that's meant to, you know, be when Bob Dylan met the Beatles. <laughs> um, well, that's also where in in her segment of the film, that's where we, uh, uh, Allen Ginsberg, played by uh, yep. <laughs> David Cross. Cross, which is a fantastic performance. He's like, he Absolutely. like he makes about like less than a minute of screen time into one of the most enjoyable things I've seen in, in like any movie ever. <laughs> He's just like he's so like awestruck by like, oh hey hey, and they're just like both driving and they're like trying to have this conversation as they're driving down the street, which is the (laughs) funniest thing in the world. There's also a part where they're dancing around a statue of Jesus, and I forget if it's Kate Blanchett or if it's David Cross, but one of them yells, uh, "Play your old stuff." statue which is a line that has stuck with me ever since the very first time that i saw that movie because i thought it was so damn funny i i wonder if that was just straight because i'm pretty sure that was david cross 
Um, I forget who it was. One was, of them. One totally, of them was like play your old stuff. Like, and like I delved a little bit into Allen Ginsberg at that moment too. Like uh, <laughs> when I watched that movie, and like of everything that I've read of him, uh, it's not a whole terribly bunch, but like he pretty much sums up Allen Ginsberg in in that one statement. <laughs> He does, and like, I will. I will cop to being a pretty big, uh, pretty big fan. Of, excuse me, a pretty big fan of Allen Ginsberg. So, um, yeah, no, that I'm, I'm glad that that is uh, both of our both of our music biopic favorites. If I was to pick another one, it would probably also be a biopic about Bob Dylan in a really weird roundabout sort of way, and that would be uh, Inside Lewin Davis. <laughs> oh yeah, um, but but I don't know that that fully qualifies. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, if I. Uh, speaking of a film that I have not watched, but I have seen that specific clip of Adam Driver's character, <laughs> that is, I can already say that's probably in my at least top hundred favorite films of all time, just because of that one scene. Oh, it's it's solid. It's definitely in my top fifteen, if not my top. 10. Oh, and uh, Jason, um, before we before we get too far, if you ever for any reason, if you're not someone who actually knows us and you recognize us for some reason, like in public, and you need to shout something at us, please shout, play your old stuff to us, because I would appreciate <laughs> that a lot. Oh my gosh, yeah. Even if you know us and you've listened to this episode, please <laughs> yell that at us. And you know what? I, I might start hashtagging our stuff with that. Play your old because... stuff. <laughs> That's just great. Okay, so I feel like we are... Rounding out to the end of the ep- or the end, the, the uh, I cannot talk tonight. Uh, we are rounding out to the end of the show, so I would like to quickly go ahead and plug. I finally have a Twitter. It is at Argue with Jason, mm-hmm. and I every day I post something on there, and I want people to argue with me. So if you feel like arguing about whether or not Fallout Three is the best Bethesda game or whether Jon Snow is the worst character in Game of Thrones, mm. then please follow me and argue with me <laughs> about stupid pop culture bullshit. Topical for the clicks. Yes. Mm. And then you also have a Twitter. Mm-hmm. The Twitter is going to be uh, Dogeon the third. I don't know. Dogeon. You can pronounce it any way you want. I even have troubles with it. <laughs> but it's uh, D-O-G-E-O-N-T-H-E- the letter three, and then RD, because I'm just going to keep saying letter because it's the first thing that pops to mind. And then also, I don't know if you were going to say it, but if you're on Twitter, we do have an outer frame uh, Twitter. Uh, I have at least yes. updated uh, the profile picture and the cover art of the t- of the Twitter, <laughs> and then uh, uh, we try to post as much as we can because. On Twitter, it's mostly me, and on uh, you can catch us on Facebook, and that's mostly Jason. Um, and Instagram is also me and my wife, Caitlin Industries. Mm-hmm. That is her full legal name. And she's not acknowledging the fact that I'm saying that. So that means I'm right. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what absolute <laughs> silence indicates, Jason. She's also got her headphones in, so. <laughs> wow, Jason, we've come full circle about someone just... half paying attention to you. Or not at all. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> she just nodded, so I don't know if that has to do with me or if that has to do with someone else. Mm. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so I would also like to say thanks to 
Prolix. Uh, you can find on Instagram and Twitter for doing our cover art and any other art that we might need or want in the future. I would like to thank Dr. Tubthumper for doing our intro outro music. Uh, once again, please flood us with any music that you can find by him under that title. And then uh, Caitlin Industries for editing our show. I would also like to quickly plug next week. We are going to be doing a show on Avengers Endgame. And I have confirmed that uh, our... Uh, one of the co-hosts from our show, uh, Philip Y, will be returning to be on that show. Uh, Caitlin, my wife, who was also on a couple episodes, she will be on that show. And then our goal is to also get our uh, special guest, someone that we first, when we first did this show years ago, uh, we had another co-host. And uh, we, when we brought it, when we decided to do it again, he wasn't really interested in coming back, <laughs> uh, which which is fine. And our goal is to get him on it as well and just do as big of an overstuffed episode as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can look forward to that yep, as well. And we'll all be cosplaying as the Avenger that we most identify with for this audio-only format. Thank you. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, play your old stuff. Play. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> and <laughs> Play your old stuff. <laughs> Man, it's going to haunt us to the end of our lives. Yes, play your old stuff. (laughs) All right, thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.